This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Wall Street is currently up right now. The Dow is at least up by 500 points, at least at the recording of this podcast. The S&P 500 is at least up by 60 points. And the Nasdaq's up by at least 190 points. And the Russell 2000 is at least up by 30 points at the time of the recording of this podcast. You know, one of the reasons is, is that they firmly believe that Nike is going to have better earnings than they had feared. Which doesn't make any sense because if you think about it, all we've heard recently is about how Apple's not going to be doing well because of one of its plants that got shut down in China. And yet they think that Nike's going to do well. So... Yeah, we'll get to find out real soon after the bell if uh, Nike is doing as well as everyone likes to think they're doing right now. So things are going to get interesting with Wall Street. But we do have some other news to be able to talk about before the closing bell happens. And probably tomorrow we'll get to talk about Nike a little bit more. But in today's podcast, we got more news to talk about Nightscope. Nightscope has some new contracts that they're signing. And for the first time, Wall Street actually might be paying attention just a little bit more to Nightscope. Okay. Google's in the news as well. Google is actually estimating how much Microsoft's cloud business is and how much they might actually be losing as a company. Okay. Then we got some news from Elon Musk. Elon Musk is in the news a lot these days. Elon Musk is trying to explain why Tesla shares are tanking. And it's actually a pretty logical reason when you when we get into it about why Tesla shares could be sinking right now currently. Then we got some news from Goldman Sachs, and they have some news to talk about for the Bank of Japan and why they might start tightening and why some other people disagree with what they're saying. And the last thing we'll talk about is there's a high probability that investments could be flowing into China again, as there's a chance that uh, that the delisting won't happen as much as people think that's going to happen on Wall Street. So with that being said, I have to remind you all that I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And everything I talk about this podcast is for information entertainment purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market. Please also note too that I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And I legally cannot give you financial advice. And you must go talk to your own professional advisor if you wish to to make any investment decisions. Or you need to do your own research before investing. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only and for education purposes for those who wish to listen because all we're doing is reporting the news here on this podcast because I could be wrong about everything that I talk about. I also have to mention too that I do have a long-term and small position in Nightscope, but it is a position that has to be talked about before getting into this podcast today. So with that being said, let's begin today's podcast. Nightscope receives five new contracts, okay? From Business Wire, Mountain View, California. A leading developer of autonomous security robots continues to accelerate market expansion with five new contracts for its autonomous security robots and blue light emergency communication services across multiple U.S. states. The contracts and deployment locations are as followed. A property management group in Chicago will have a K5 ASR patrolling the parking lot of a mixed-use facility with both retail and professional clients as tenants. This will be the company's second deployment in the city of Chicago in an area where crime, trespassing vehicle break-ins, and catalytic converter thefts are at epidemic levels. 
The police department in North Carolina has purchased a K-1 call box to aid in direct emergency communications for its citizens. Nightscope scored another tribal casino client, which will be the first contract in Oklahoma. That's good news to hear from them. There are 39 tribal nations in Oklahoma alone, and they've collectively have over 80 casinos. An airport in New Jersey is replacing a competitor's product with K-1 blue light emergency foam. And four K-1 call boxes will be going to a construction company in Texas completing a new bridge. The phones will be used to assist in suicide prevention. Nightscope expanded product line is helping its clients protect the places people live, work, study, and visit in many new ways. In addition to ongoing new growth, Nightscope reverses will sustain renewals received from existing clients, further validating the long-term effectiveness of its technology. This is where things get interesting. The first one is a Houston-based hospital signed a two-year renewal for its 2K3 ASRs. This will be the fifth and sixth years of the services for those uh, for these Texas Texan robots. And featured in multiple local news stories, touting a significant reduction in vehicle break-ins, auto thefts, and other crimes, a Portland hotel renews its agreement to keep their K5 patrolling its parking lot for another year. These renewals are a testament to the positive impact Nightscope Technologies has on actually solving real problems at a real affordable rate. Nightscope continues to make progress. It's slow progress, but it's progress nonetheless, okay? Now, what is extremely interesting, at least at the time of recording this podcast, last I checked, Wall Street might actually finally be paying attention to Nightscope a little bit more. And the only reason I say that is, as of right now, the recording of this podcast at least last I checked, the stock was up by at least 39 cents. Now, 39 cents isn't a lot, but for how beaten down the stock has been recently, that's a huge increase. That's at least a 26% increase, almost 27% increase in a single day of trading for people on Wall Street. The other thing too, last I checked with Nightscope, at least 8% of the ownership now is at least some type of institutional ownership. What from like, uh, like for example, a uh, a Fidelity or a Vanguard or even a BlackRock now. More of these companies are investing into Nightscope itself, which means Nightscope is going to continue to grow as new money goes in, hopefully. Now, what's going to be more exciting, hopefully, is within the next nine days, they have to technically release, I believe it's the 8K, on the combined entity of both Nightscope and case emergency systems, how that changes everything. Williams and Tana Lee recently said in an interview that he's expecting the company to generate between, I think it was like 12 million to 15 million, maybe it was 13 to 15. I can't remember the exact numbers, but he had said he's expecting that range of revenue or at least growth for the company, which is a big difference from a year ago where Nightscope was only at 3.4 million. Okay. So not only have they doubled potentially by buying out case, but the growth is there for the company. It continues to grow. This isn't financial advice, like I say at the, like I say in every podcast at the end of the day. But Nightscope is growing, and Wall Street seems like to be paying attention just a little bit more. And like I've always said, what happens if Nightscope actually does figure this out and they start printing money like crazy? Not like printing money for itself, but like the company starts growing at an accelerated rate. It means it's a game changer, and that the technology is here to stay in the long run. And at the same time, it helps police officers be able to do their job a little bit more. So it's going to be interesting to see how this continues to grow. I mean, I've been reading reports recently that people believe Nightscope's going to get bought out by another company. But as of right now, I don't see that happening, especially when they're growing as much as they are. They keep signing contracts. So there's a lot of growth potentially in Nightscope still. Continuing on with the articles, it says, Here how much, here's how much money estimated Microsoft's cloud business is actually losing from CNBC. Okay. 
Google has for years been playing catch up in the cloud infrastructure market, where it has seen the industry as a distant third in the US behind Amazon and Microsoft. The challenge for investors is that the three companies don't report cloud infrastructure metrics in any way that that makes them easily comparable. However, an internal estimate assembled by Google employees based on leaked Microsoft documents and some exploration of other market statistics suggests Google believes it's closer to second place than analysis think. Google's document estimate that Microsoft generated under 29 billion in Azure consumption revenue, excuse me, Azure consumption revenue in the latest fiscal year, which ended June 30th, reflecting the value of cloud infrastructure services used by clients. That's several billion dollars less than Wall Street analysis had forecast. Bank America was the most bullish, predicting Azure would pull in 37.5 billion in fiscal 2022. Cohen predicted revenue of 33.9 billion, and UBS said 32.3 billion. The document that Google has Azure ending the 2022 fiscal year with an operating loss of almost 3 billion, down from a loss for more than 5 billion prior year. It claims that Azure's sales, and I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong, by the way. Azuro's sales and marketing cost approached 10 billion, accounting for 34% consumption revenue. Microsoft said sales and marketing costs for the whole company equated 11% of revenue over the same period. One analysis dismissed Google's bottom line tally. Quote, there's no way it's that big of a loss to Derek Wood, an analysis that Cohen had for has the equivalent of buying rate on Microsoft stock. His research shows that Azuri, Azuri, as they say, Azuri now, Azuri boasting its operating margin above 30 percent compared to with Google's estimated of 10% margin. Cloud representation of one of the most high stakes battles in the technology at the biggest and most well-known capitalized U.S. tech companies try to win lucrative deals from large enterprises and government agencies, which are increasingly pushing critical computing and storage needs out of of their own data centers. Google's and Microsoft have been heavily investing Correction, have been investing heavily to keep Amazon Web Services from dominating the market. The e-commerce company pioneered in 2006, but the companies aren't complying forthcoming about their results. Microsoft provided year-over-year growth over Azuri and other cloud services, but doesn't give a dollar figure, nor does it give specifically about how much growth comes from Azuri. The Azuri and other cloud services metrics also include, among other things, enterprise mobility and security or EMS tools that can be sold separately. Google's parent company, Alphabet Mual, doesn't tell investors how much revenue or operating income the Google Cloud Platform, or GCP, generates. It only discloses those figures for what it calls Google Cloud, which includes subscriptions to Google Workplace collaboration software, as well as GCP, a direct Azuri rival. Okay, this is what I would find interesting. I think Google is only not only looking at from the leaked data from Microsoft, but at the end of the day, maybe Google's actually seeing patterns of companies looking up to figure out what the best cloud service is for their whatever they're they're doing in the cloud, right? Okay. Another thing to think about too, okay, and I kind of agree with at least in Alphabet in this regard. Remember, Microsoft got crushed recently in their earnings call. This was just last quarter, okay, about a month or two ago. You know, we, we, we talk about a lot of things on this podcast. So go listen to that article, I believe, or that podcast if you want to listen to more about Microsoft's earnings because they did get crushed a little bit. And one of the reasons being was obviously revenue for advertising. That's a big thing of Microsoft's business. But at the end of the day, it could also be that people are not using their services as much anymore. Remember, there are other options out there when it comes to cloud services. You have Amazon, you have Google's, or in this case, Alphabet, right? You have Microsoft, and then there's other companies out there too. IBM, I believe, is one of them. 
and I can't remember any other cloud service businesses, but there are a couple out there. Okay. Now, what makes things more interesting with at least these companies in general is that all of them are working with the U.S. government in some way, shape, or form. There's like this website that you can look at to see like what's been approved and what hasn't been approved for these companies at the end of the day, uh, at least when working with the federal government. So tax dollars are still going into these services in some way, shape, or form. Now, who's becoming number one is yet to be seen currently right now. But I firmly believe that Google is not only looking at the the data that was leaked from Microsoft, but they probably can also look at their own Google searches to figure out what people are considered using at the end of the day. They probably could track that stuff too, which would make things more interesting, okay? It says here, Google made a series of assumptions based on the leaked ACR information. It came up with a possible number of ASR broad using Microsoft statement and around 51% of total revenue in fiscal 2022 derived from customer locations in the US. Google then added in revenue from other customer segments, such as public sector and regulated industries based on the market data from Gardner and other sources. The determined operating expenses, operating expenses Google's assumed that 65,000 people are dedicated to or work mainly on Azuri, referring to the insider report that said Microsoft Cloud and Artificial Intelligence Organizations has over 60,000 employees. And it says here, if Google's right, Microsoft's ACR would be about 40% the size of Amazon's AWS business and 27% larger than Google's cloud business, okay? So don't know who's gonna be right at the end of the day, but still an interesting thought to continue to look at. But some more news from now, our lovely, uh, what is it, Chief Twit of Twitter, Elon Musk, okay? says, Elon Musk tries to explain why Tesla shares are tanking, okay? You know, we're probably going to be reading a lot of news into next year just about Elon Musk between Tesla, Twitter, and maybe the Boring Company. Boring Company doesn't get talked about a whole lot, and probably SpaceX as well, if there's any news to talk about with SpaceX, okay? But this is an interesting thought that that CEO Tesla is saying, okay? And it ties in with what Elizabeth Warren was saying the other day. Shares in electric vehicle maker Tesla sank to a new 52-week low on Tuesday, closing around $138 per share, or 8% lower for the day and an otherwise mixed day for stocks. CEO, CEO Elon Musk tried to blame the sinking price partly on microeconomic factors. Longtime Tesla bull Rose Gerber wrote in a tweet, quote, Tesla stock price now reflects the value of having no CEO. Great job, Tesla, BOD. Time for a shakeup, Tesla. Gerber has launched an informational campaign to have fellow shareholders vote to appoint him to Tesla board of directors. Yeah, this lady doesn't seem that smart. And this is why right here. Okay. Musk replied in a tweet as bank savings account interest rates, which are guaranteed start to approach stock market returns, which are not guaranteed. People will increasingly move their money out of stocks into cash, thus causing stocks to drop. Or in this case too, Tech has been hammered this year just across the board, okay? Wall Street has been moving their money out of tech and mostly into oil companies, okay? So, Ross Gerber, sometimes I, I don't get how these professionals do their thing. Sometimes how they come up with their analysis, but Elon is pretty right about that. If you're guaranteed to make more money in your savings account at the end of the day, you're going to keep your money in your savings account or you're going to pull money out of stocks, okay? Continuing on, it says, but Tesla stock has dropped more than any other larger automaker since Musk announced his plans to buy Twitter in April of 2022. Since that date, Tesla shares are down 59% versus 26% for Ford and 12% for GM. The S&P 500 is down 14%. And like I've said, tech has been getting hammered like crazy this year. Okay, The Tesla chief 
has had a lot of distractions, as Gerber notes. And I can agree with that as well. And I will give Gerber credit where credit is due. Musk has been stirring controversy as the new owner of CEO of Twitter, the social media giant, which has been acquired in a leveraged buyout in late October, and it also the CEO of a major defense contractor, SpaceX. Musk sold billions of dollars of his Tesla holdings in finance to Twitter deal, including $3.6 billion of the sale earlier this month. He told Twitter employees he sold Tesla shares to save their business while producing to cut more than half of the staff at the company and rolling out a host of products and policy changes, some of which he later reversed. While Musk has been forced on his new role as chief twit since late October, Tesla has been offering discounts and incentives to sell cars in China, where it operates a major factory in Shanghai, fighting to make its new factories in Austin, Texas, and Brandenburg, Germany efficient, and facing persistent supply chains uh, edemic, endemic to the auto industry, along with soaring energy prices in Europe, which have reduced the appeal of a battery electric vehicle for many drivers. Thank you for mentioning that, okay? We have mentioned that price, energy prices are going up in Europe and electric cars. We have, I believe we have talked about this too in past podcasts that the as, elect, as the electricity bills go up for people, that electric cars are not like as appeal. They're not as appealable, I guess. No, not appealable. They're not as desired as much because people are would rather pay at the pump and that was an article I know we have read about is that people would, and if like some electric cars to charge are costing as much as it is to be at the pump at the end of the day, if not sometimes more. Okay. It says those among other challenge led by uh, the, the, the Maizu securities and Evercore ISI to reduce their Tesla price targets on Tuesday. Analysis wrote in a note that the near term, we see potential weakness in Tesla shares as macro headwinds and weaker consumers could drive lower demand for higher priced EVs. The firm is still bullish, Tesla's long term citing that the company's new factories as a competitive advantage and new electric vehicle tax credits are by the horizon in the U.S., which could accelerate demand. Domestically, in China, some EV credits are expanding at the start of 2023. The firm has a price target of $285, a buy rating share for Tesla. The thing I'm going to say last about Tesla before we have to move on is that Tesla in particular... Okay, is that Elon Musk is right. If interest rates keep going up, people are going to keep their money in the banks because they can they can get a somewhat of return in the bank. At the same time, too, I mean, EVs are going up in price because electric bills are going up as well. And we've read articles, like I've said about that, how it costs as much to charge an electric vehicle, or if, if not more than it is to fill up a gasoline car right now in Europe. This was a few months ago. We talked about this at the same time too. I also know too that with Elon's situation, he is looking for a new CEO. And there's been reports that lovely Tom from MySpace might be the new CEO in the making, which I don't know how true that is. But that would be interesting to see Tom return from the MySpace days to run Twitter. So things are getting really interesting across the board. But at the end of the day, I mean... Tech stocks have just been hammered hard. Everything in tech has been hammered. And of course, oil, which has been ignored for so long, has been doing so well this year. So it's just one of those cycles right now. Continuing on, though, says Goldman Sachs says Bank of America Japan may start tightening, but others disagree. After the Bank of America Japan surprising widened its target range for Japanese government, bond yields, economicists at Goldman Sachs said the central bank could be lately joined in the global peers by shifting to tightening policy. And a Tuesday note led by chief Japan, uh, Japan economicus, the firm says BOJ's great emphasis on the need to enhance the JGB market functioning suggests that it's an increased likelihood that it would obtain the negative interest rate policy. 
The BOG's monetary meeting concluded Tuesday with no change in its current ultra-low interest rates at 0.1%, a stance it held since 2016. Goldman Sachs Economicus said eliminating the negative interest rate policy may be seen as a desirable next step, especially with feasible standpoint, adding that the current stance has placed a burden on financial institutions. Following the BOJ's announcement, shares of banks listed in Japan rose by two consecutive sessions, bucking the trend of the wider index, which saw another day of losses on Wednesday sessions. The MUFG rose more than 8% in Japan's morning session on Wednesday after jumping more than 9% the previous day. And a group that rose, and and the financial group of, I don't even know how to say that, also rose more than 6%, and another financial group called Maizouhu Financial Group also gained more than 4%. Okay, And Japan might have different motivations, but, I mean... They could be tightening rates. That's the only thing I can say. I don't know a whole lot about these rates in Japan right now. I just found the article interesting because yesterday there was like a huge deal about it and we weren't able to cover about it on this podcast. And it caused the market to tumble in some parts of Japan. Okay. But if Japan starts tightening rates, that means other countries might soon follow as well. I mean, Elon Musk believes that we need to start loosening rates, but that's a whole other topic for another day. But at the end of the day, we need to keep paying attention to what Japan does because Japan is kind of an economic partner at this point. And now they're considered Goldman Sachs thinks they're going to start tightening their rates as well. I'd advise reading up more on the Japan thing. Like I said, I'm not a huge expert on the Japan issue right now. But what I do know in other Asia countries, though, is this. Okay. Says investments are set to flow back into China as tech giants avoid U.S. delisting. Government pledges policymakers say investment manager from CNBC. Investors could regain the confidence to put money in the Chinese tech stocks as these companies avoid delisting from the U.S. stock exchange. And the Chinese government pledges policy support, according to one investment manager. Last week, U.S. accounting watchdog, the public company Outcounting Oversight Board, said it gained full access to inspect and investigate Chinese companies for the first time after China finally granted the U.S. access in August. More than 100 Chinese tech companies, such as Alibaba, Baidu, and JD.com, have faced the risk of delisting in the U.S. in 2024 if their audit information was not made available to the PCAOB inspectors. Investors often grapple with lack of transparency into Chinese stocks. Quote, it will allow institutional investors to come back. Professional investors were very scared about delisting risk, which was why we have stayed on the sidelines. So the chief investment officer of U.S.-based investment manager Crane Shares told CNBC Squawk Box Asia on Wednesday. As of September 30th, there were 262 Chinese companies listed on the U.S. exchange with a total market capitalization of $775 billion, according to the United States Chinese China Economic and Security Review Commission. Quote, with the risk going away based on the PCAOB announcement, you are going to see investment dollars flow back into these names. The, these internet giants are really where investors want to invest when it comes to China. But he also caveated that it's still the early days, weeks, months, and to see any capital returns back in the space. And that's true. We'll get into that in a second. But he also noted that policy support will support boost growth for these companies. Last week, China pledged to raise domestic consumption next year as the country moved towards boosting growth after existing its zero after after exiting its zero COVID policy. That's important to note too. Continuing on, it says in 2023 is a year where we're going to have a lot of government policy support and a rising domestic consumption said. Uh, Ahern, about 25% of the retail sales go goes through the companies. Chinese government actually needs the needs these internet companies, which explain why we have seen a backing off of some of the regulatory scrutiny we experienced in 2021. You know, if China is opening up right now, okay, 
I do expect a lot of growth to come from China, which also means the ports will be reopening as well in the West Coast. And that means more goods will be coming from the Asia markets. And not only that, that means the East Coast markets won't be as, well, they'll be competitive, but they won't be as explosive as they as we have heard in the past, okay? You know, the other thing too is this, okay? With the with the security review being able to look at these Chinese companies, this is going to get real interesting to see how these companies actually grow at the end of the day, okay? And not only that as well, but it's also they say they want they, they they say in the article that people want to invest in these tech companies. I don't 100% believe that. And the only reason I don't believe that is currently right now at least in the United States, like we just talked about with Tesla and CEO Elon Musk, tech companies are being hammered right now in the United States, okay? I mean, you're reading reports right now that says like Apple's not going to do well next quarter because of what's happening in China. You get other reports that say the car industry isn't going to do well in China because of these COVID lockdowns. So which is it at the end of the day? Okay. Some people who will be investing in these tech companies in China will be speculating that they're going to do a lot better than they realize. Okay. Now, granted, maybe they do. It's hard to tell. This isn't financial advice at the end of the day. But it seems like there's an over excitement for tech companies in China when you can even look at the, like I said, look at the United States and just see how all these tech companies have been hammered. Tesla shares, they're at $138 a share currently right now. At one point, I think they were at 600, maybe even lower than that. I can't remember. I just remember at one point looking at Tesla shares being like, wow, Tesla shares have grown a lot and continue to grow. So it's hard to tell, but it will be interesting to see when China fully operates back into full capacity with with now the with the with them now releasing the zero COVID policy now, which means China could be on the rebound. And if China's on the rebound, you can potentially expect to see the U.S. economy on the rebound as well. Things are gonna get real interesting soon. They will, and we'll continue to report with what we can because Wall Street isn't always going to report these things. But it seems like China might be back, and if China is back. The economy is going to get really interesting across the board, across the world. So I'll leave it there. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Every like and subscription helps grow this podcast. So we'll be able to keep talking about events that are happening on Wall Street that Wall Street isn't willing or doesn't have the time to talk about. Please also continue to support this channel by sharing with friends or family as every share helps grow this podcast as much as possible. To my fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for helping grow this podcast by sharing it with friends or family. And... We hope to get to hopefully 6,000 downloads before the end of this year. So continue sharing with friends or family and continue to support this podcast as much as you can. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.